Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. All right. Looks like everything connected well. So we are officially live. Today is January 17th, and this is Reflection Artist Live, episode number 60. And we have special guests guests with us today, Tommy Davis of Angel Wax USA. And he's been in, I'm sorry? Say good morning. Oh, yes, good morning. Um, And he's been in the industry uh, in and out uh, for roughly around uh, 28 years, which is a while. So he's got some experience he brings to the table, but not to mention, you know, the past six years of his uh, hustle and grind with the Angel Wax brand and the difference he's made with putting that out there and, you know, everybody kind of accepting that because of the premium brand that it is. And, you know, that's what he's going to dive into and how and where Angel Wax, you know, came from and, you know, the benefits of the brand and, of course, his background of the in and out of 20 years with uh, 28 years, I'm sorry, with with detailing and all the wonderful things he's seen. So, Tommy, thank you, of course, for taking the time to to be on and uh, take the time out of the day to spend with us and let us know how you got into this uh, wonderful world of detailing from from back as far back as you could remember. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it started back uh right around 1994, 90, yeah, 1994, I think. And, uh, I was just one of those guys that didn't really have a direction, uh, where I was going in life or it was just a, you know, just a young, young guy looking just to looking to make some money pretty much. Cause you know, where I was at, I didn't really have any, uh, just living at home with my parents and doing this and doing that, but not really doing anything productive with my life. So, um, I had a friend who was working for another friend of his, um, doing detailing in the movie industry. So that's kind of where I just kind of got my foot in the door. They needed some help. And I came in one weekend and uh, that was pretty much it. I was, I was pretty much hooked. So from that point on, I just, whenever they needed somebody, I was the guy that they called until they brought me on full time. What was the state and city that this was in? Uh, It was in uh, California, Burbank. Okay. Um, And uh, so (laughs) the guy that I was working for, his father was a driver. Uh, you know, big production vehicles. He was a driver. So he had an in. And at that point in time, we were the only mobile detailers allowed on all of the studio lots like Warner Brothers and Universal and Paramount and Sony and all of those other ones. So we had a little bit of an advantage. Wow. So that's being able to basically clean up these cars that are going on camera. I mean, was there any specific ones that really stand out to you that you're able to speak on that you had the opportunity to work with? Um, well, we did a lot of movies and, you know, a lot of them I don't remember. And, and when they're filming the movies, the product, you get little production placards uh, that you put on the dashboard so they know where you're going and whatnot. And a lot of them have different names and what the actual movie was. So a lot of times we didn't even know what we were working on, but the very first movie that I ever worked on with this company was Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and from that movie, 
we picked up Damon Wayans as a regular client, which means that we would go to his house or at the studio, wherever he was at, and take care of all his cars. He was the first real celebrity that I that I got to meet and know and, you know, be around. And be on more of a personal level, because at yeah. that point it was a business transaction, but you actually got to see this person. Yeah. That's cool. So that would cool dude, laid back? Yeah, he's all right. You know, a lot of these actors, they have a certain... Persona. Thing, thing, thing about them, but out, off the camera, most of them are, are are pretty cool. You know, there's there's been quite a few that, that I've hung out with. Um, Vincent Gentile will tell you, you know, we sat and had a beer with Kid Rock one time on the set of the TV show VIP. I don't know if you know what that show was with Pam Anderson. Doesn't ring a bell. That's a, that from the 90s? Yeah, yeah, definitely from yep. the 90s. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I know he's pretty. He's a he's a pretty laid back cat himself. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a pretty laid back guy. He's uh he invited us in, gave us a beer, you know, chatted us up for a little while while you know in the middle of doing our our work, detailing cars, production nice. vehicles, and all that other good stuff. So once you know, once you started getting that ball rolling and you started picking up clientele, what direction did the business go from there? He had already been doing it for a little while. Um, once I came in, so he had already had a standard practice, if, if you will. Um, so that was pretty much it. And then from there, you just keep picking up shows and you keep meeting new people and you just keep on going and going and going. It's, that was his whole life was just doing studio stuff. Not much outside of that. <clears throat> That's a pretty good, uh, detail and lifestyle though. I mean, compared to most stories where, you know, they're doing it uh, for a friend of a friend or a family member, but being able to do it basically Hollywood style, that's that's a whole nother ball game to say. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, I went to another detailer who was also doing the same thing. And then and then after that guy, then uh, myself and Vincent's Vincent Gentile's brother and another friend of ours kind of started our own thing and we were kind of doing the same thing. Um, I wasn't really part of an owner of that. I was more like just an employee because I wasn't really trying to own my own business. It's not the direction I was trying to go. <laughs> Watching everybody else own their own businesses and see the struggles and all that. And I was, that wasn't me at that yeah, point. Yeah, he's just like, nah, that, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not dealing with that right now. That's yeah, not that was, I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't that guy. Now, where, at what point did you make a transition out of detailing? Um. I think it was after, after that third, that third round with the, with the friends of mine, after that kind of fizzled out, um, I'm really bad with years. Um, but it was somewhere in the two thousands. Um, I just, I went back to when I was about 13 years old, uh, I started cleaning carpets professionally. Um, yeah, with a, with a friend of mine from high school and his dad, they owned a business in the town that we grew up in. So I just kind of did work for them. Um, and after I decided to get out of detailing for a little while, that's what I did. I went to carpet cleaning and emergency flood service. And I did that for 10, 12 years, something like that. You know, excelled in that, moved in that, was a crew chief for a couple of companies, which is what brought me to Vegas. And uh, but always still doing detailing on the side and in the background and helping friends out and trying to stay within the, the realm of what I know how to do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit, right? You know, with the expertise of cleaning in general. Absolutely. And getting into the carpet cleaning is what 
prompted me to be okay with going into the detailing part of it and which I really actually liked I liked the detailing and I just the guy the guys that I was working for there wasn't really any room for advancement you know I wasn't really I was just getting tired and burnt out from doing the same shit for the same people all the time and not really stepping up any ladder so which is why I moved on to the to the other one where I was able to move up and excel no, that makes sense. And that's how it's got to be, right? Yeah. You can't you have nowhere to grow. Then it becomes redundant. Then you just get bored and it, there's nothing there no more. There's no fire behind it. Yeah, especially with somebody who already didn't have any direction, not given any direction to go into from the people that are supposed to be helping me. So so after spending you know, the years that you did with the carpet cleaning business, you found your way back into detailing? I did. Uh, after I moved here to Vegas, uh, I went through two or three different carpet cleaning companies. I, you know, I just wasn't happy. And I think a lot of that had to do with being here in Vegas in the first place. I moved here to create a better life for myself and my family because I wasn't going anywhere back home uh, except downhill. So I came out here and I was doing okay. And then uh, after you get laid off a few times, you kind of start to doubt yourself and things that you're doing and, and whatnot. And I was headed down a pretty dark path after pulling myself out of a dark place. And uh, I had a friend who was a window tinter out here and they were looking to start detailing within their tinting business. So he brought me in and was like, look, this is what we're going to do. We want us to do detailing. We want you to do it for us. And that was kind of my intro back into the detailing. Nice. In what was the time frame on that? What year was that roughly? I want to say roughly 2012, 13, somewhere okay. right around, somewhere right around there. So you were coming back in in a good time. To my point, is that you know with the paint correction becoming, you know, it's 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 uh, the way it was moving forward, and of course ceramic coatings and all these other yeah. you know added service versus the traditional wash wax and vacuum. This really gave you more of a platform to do more, make more, and become more, right? Yeah. And that's when I started really getting more into it. Cause when I was doing the detailing for the movie industry and all those guys, you know, I didn't really know how to do any polishing. I could, I could remove some swirl marks and I could take out some light scratches, but I learned on a, on a, on a heavy ass Makita 200 pound rotary. And I can't, even, I can't tell you how many cars I scratched. I can't tell you I've ruined some cars and which is why they stopped putting me on the buffer and, I was okay with that. I was an interior guy. That was my specialty, interiors. Uh, but once I started doing this again, um, I had to kind of familiarize myself with that stuff again because that was going to be my job. So again, with the Makita, because that's all they knew at that point in time, even though at that point in time, I think the Rupes were already out. Um, and uh, just getting myself back into it, uh, trying to relearn everything and um, – it was, it was a good time though. I was, it was, it was, it was a fun experience getting back into it and finding a passion for it again. Um, something I didn't really have, I shouldn't say again, cause I didn't really have the passion for it before it was more of a, of a job, but I was getting into it when I got out of it. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to get back into it and start learning some things. And uh, that was kind of when I started meeting some of the people out there in the industry, uh, getting on social media and stuff, but nothing real heavy. This became more of a, a aspect of being more passion driven on, on this time around though. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, paying more attention to what I'm doing, trying to learn more. And uh, uh, with these guys was my able, chance to get to SEMA and actually, you know, for my first time and walk around and, and uh, see what's actually out there and trying to start educating myself. How was that first experience? A little overwhelming. <laughs> just a little bit a yeah, couple okay. hundred thousand people you know yeah, no big deal and my first year is when it, you know it was starting to grow more I guess is is what they were telling me because that year was when it was a lot more detail oriented uh boost popping up and and uh uh just yeah it was really overwhelming I, I couldn't explain to you the feelings that I was feeling <clears throat> yeah that was back uh that's when they really literally started introducing detailers as guests in the booth to say, you didn't really see detailers in the booth uh, unless they were high profile. And there was still very few of those. I mean, we had, I think maybe just two or three, or I would say a handful. I don't want to narrow it down to two or three, but maybe a handful. Of course, Brandy, you get Mike Phillips. Uh, you got other people, of course, from the West Coast and East Coast, but there was a very few of those, you know, now, I mean, you see detailers in the booth as a standard, but that, I think that yeah. time frame was, it was just, re, you know, just introducing the, the talent along with the manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. And then uh, after that, they closed their shop and then they opened their shop again a little while later and uh, brought me back in uh, because they liked, they liked what I was doing and they liked where I was going. And they're like, you know, we'll just bring you back in because you already know the, the routine. And, um, and we tried it again in a different location, uh, which is kind of where Angel Wax started to come in the picture because it was the SEMA after that where they met the guys from Angel Wax. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they just kind of, and I, I don't even know how the introductions happened or anything like that because the two guys that I was working for were the two guys that had been working the SunTech booth uh, for the last two or three years before that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how they, how they connected. Yeah. But, two different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny now because right tinting and detailing is almost like. Yeah, and paint protection you know, film. It's, it's like somewhere it, somebody's yeah. adding it in. Yeah, Either they're always, adding our side or their side is adding, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's cool though to see that because it does go hand in hand and, and it's nice to see that, you know, people are adding that in, whether it's, you know, film to detail or detail to film, it's additional revenue that, that complements each other. Yeah. And they tried to teach me window tinting, man. I can't even tell you how many times they tried to teach me. And I just, I, I don't know, I don't know, man. Like I'm all thumbs with film or something. I just, I cannot pick it up. I can't do it. I don't understand. I could do flat glass a little bit, but even that's not, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I don't yeah. get it. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm the same way. Those, a lot of respect <laughs> to those guys that do that shit all day. Yeah. Give me paint protection film. I'm, I'm all right. But you give me window tent. Ah, not so much. Let me just go back to what I know best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I don't understand that stuff. <laughs> so where did you, uh, you know, become part of everything with Angel Wax after introduction with those two with Angel Wax? I mean, where did you find yourself, you know, basically taking over the whole scene? You know, so it's funny. Uh, when we met Rick, Rick was still uh, Rick Vanderley. For anybody that doesn't know, is the uh, uh, head of worldwide distribution for Angel Wax Limited, and he's in Holland. Um, before he had that, he was with 
Angel Wax, and he was also with Xcode. I don't know if any of you guys know who Xcode is. Um, so when we first met Rick, it was originally to do Xcode. Our hmm. shop was originally tapped to be the West Coast Training Center for Xcode when they were trying to bring Xcode into the U.S. That all that all petered out and fizzled away issues here and issues there and problems and whatnot. But uh, that's when the Angel Wax came into the picture and those guys came out to and had a meeting with those guys. And that's how it all started. Angel Wax USA was originally uh, brought in by Golden State Auto Care, which is the company that I work for. Um, so I was brought in as a sales manager, which is my first dealings with Angel X. They brought me in as sales manager to sell the products. So, and uh, learn the products and play with the products and, and do all that. So that's what I did. I, I started using them and playing with them and getting to know them. I uh, started putting my name out there, started getting on social media a little bit, started meeting people here and there. Um, and one thing I learned, uh, these products don't sell themselves when nobody knows who you are and nobody knows who the products are, right? So yeah, um, I had to do, I had to step way outside of my comfort zone and be with the people, so to speak, get out there and put myself out there and let people get to know me. Because uh, what I learned, especially in this industry, is you have to sell yourself before you can sell your products because uh, people don't trust anything brand new. Nope. You, you see it all the time. Someone releases a product and then someone's always got something to say because you don't know who that person is, you know, and all kinds of stuff involved. So it was a, it was a little bit of a rough start, but I guess, uh, I guess I was able to connect with a lot of the right people to, to help get that, that name out there. But um, yeah, it was, it was, that was a fun experience doing that. It took, I don't know, probably a year and a half of doing that. Uh, building and building and making all these contacts and networking and when you start getting that momentum going and then all of a sudden they shut it down so the guys that I was working for didn't feel that Angel Wax was working for them hmm. wasn't wasn't bringing in the money they expected right away. I don't know what they expected after only a few months you know what I mean like yeah yeah and this was the uh, original uh, shop a few months of traction, you know what I mean? We're yeah. finally getting traction. It's been a few months money's coming in, but you know, they weren't letting me do the things you need to do in order to get these. Sometimes you have to give away a free product. Sometimes you have to do discounts. Sometimes you have to go places and meet people. And this is all stuff that they weren't letting me do because they didn't yeah. understand that this is, it was new for all of us. So yeah. these are the deposits you have to make before the withdrawals, yeah. right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, it wasn't working out for them. So what they did is instead of letting the guys at Angel Wax know that it wasn't working out and they, you know, maybe they weren't going to do it and go somewhere else. They just took all of the products. They put everything in a storage unit. They laid me off uh, and they shut the doors to the shop. And then they just went on about their business doing flat glass. Oh, they, didn't tell, they didn't call the guys at Angel Wax. They didn't tell them that, you know, they just kind of left it hanging but you were so, still at least in the mix of all this of 
knowing what was going on, right? Yes, I knew what was going on. And every time someone would reach out to me for products, I would just be like, look, I don't know what to tell you. You have to contact the guys uh, and and see if they'll sell it to you. I was trying to send them to the guys because they still had the products, but the guys weren't responding. Uh So then I was was like, all right, well, then, you know, contact Rick Vanderlee here, get a hold of him. He'll get you taken care Mm -hmm. of, you know. And uh, that went on for, man, probably three, four months. And finally... I got a phone call from Rick and he was just like, Hey man, we want to have a meeting. And I said, um, okay. So him and at the, that point in time, his boss, they flew out here to Vegas. Uh, they came to my house. We sat in my garage. We had a meeting. They sat on rolls of carpet in my garage, like totally ghetto. Uh, we had a meeting and they basically handed me the keys to the car and said, start driving. They said, we need somebody to do something with this. Um, I was like, look, man, I would, I would love to help you. Um, I have zero money to put into this. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy here. I I was, (laughs) I don't know anything about it. I don't know what to do. And they're like, just give it a shot. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, And that was it. I went and I got whatever products were left that they had left over, which amounted to nothing. Like, Oh goodness! All, all of the like, I feel like they either sold the products under the table, or they used them all, all the good ones, and all they left me were the products that, to this day, that we still don't really sell out here, you know. So, I basically had to start fresh. They just sent me a bunch of new products, and that was just kind of how it went. And I just started hustling. That was in uh, that was in 2016. Okay. Um, yeah, I just started hustling and, and it just kind of, kind of grew from there. Um, I, we had, we had one distributor, uh, before we shut everything down. Like I was able to sign one distributor in Florida before the guys gave up and I was Rohan Cole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then when we shut the doors, he was one, one of the ones that I was talking to the most. And I was telling him, you're going to have to go directly to the, you know, so when I came back in, he was already there. Um, so I had help you know, when it came to, to building the brand, it was basically me and Rohan from the, from the get-go. Until Rohan's we started. a good, good dude for any of those that are in South Florida. He's got to hit him up. He's got a nice storefront. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just got into this new one and it's, it's a nice one too. Um, so that that's kind of, that's kind of where we were at with that. Um, and from there, like I said, it was just building and growing and networking and meeting all the right people like you and Rennie, you know, some of the people I met, early on um were huge now uh, before you get into that side of your story with with what is you know uh catapulted you with angel wax just so people understand how did angel wax start like where does where does it come from the brand like give us give us the rundown on that real quick so angel wax the the guys behind angel wax uh were originally in inks and toners that was their that was their background hmm. uh, they, they were making inks and things like that um is what i was told and at one point they were asked if they could make a wax for a special show uh and john was like yeah i don't see why not it's pretty basic and he made this wax which was our it's our formulation number one is the wax that he made and he made a whole bunch of them i'm not really sure how many and uh they were really happy with it, but it, as it turned out, it wasn't what they were 
the direction that they wanted to go in at the end of the day. So they had all of this wax and nothing to do with it. So they did like a roadside deal over there and sold out. And that was Damn. that's pretty much the, the gist of how they started. Then they went into some other product. They're like, hey, we think we can do this. And like and out of the back of their trunk, roadside sold yes. out. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, they just set up. They set up. A, well, I think it was more like a little table stand, you know, on the on the side of a road, somewhere, yeah, like a, like a little show, and uh, and sold out. And that was and that was pretty much the end of it, and the, and the beginning of it at the same time. And that was a little over ten years ago. Wow! Wow! And they, yeah, and they just recently moved into. A, I haven't seen the new facility yet, but I hear it's nice and big. It's over by the Glasgow Airport. Um, all new uh, machine parks to increased production and um yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of new things happening uh because 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 of the success they found over the last 10 years especially especially over there in the uk and now in 36 countries i think wow yeah how many countries were they in uh let's just say when when you started to learn about angel wax in that beginning beginning time frame were they as in as many countries Oh no, not even like it, it's it's been it's been heavy growth since I since I've been a part of it because uh, once Rick took over the worldwide distribution part of it when the other when his boss stepped down is when things really started to ramp up and that was about a year and a half maybe two years after I came in. Um, so in the very beginning, it was just a handful of countries that they were in local gotcha. to like local around the UK and a little bit around where Holland is and then now starting to expand everywhere <clears throat> so that also probably reflects on you know the amount of products they had then <laughs> versus the amount of products and SKUs that are now offered right yeah yeah absolutely you know back, <laughs> back then it was just a handful of SKUs and now now we've got a whole a whole litany of of, of of SKUs it's kind of crazy how how much we've grown over the last few years now I'm sure that's also contributed to your growth as well overall with you know, your distribution partners and everybody who's gotten on board with Angel Wax here in the North American market, I'm sure because you've met demands of what people were looking for. I mean, obviously the compounds and polishes kicked off real well, but then you guys started dipping into coatings. Uh, was that because of the direction of the market and the demand for it that you guys started getting into the, the coating aspect? Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, to this day, I still say that I, I still think we came in a little late, but we still came in right at the perfect time. Um, because, uh, you know, it's one of those things in the market, if you don't go in the direction that the market's going, you can be one day behind, and then you'll never catch up. So you know, we were on that tail end of that, all of these companies with all these coatings already doing really well. Um, so coming in when we did, I think, ended up being the perfect time. Yeah, I agree. Now, and then with your takeover, and then you started kicking butt with the growth of Angel Wax here in North America, did that did that contribute to it once you started bringing those things to the table, especially since you got to network and start to meet people and understand what detailers were looking for within a brand? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one thing that, that he asked for, you know, our, our chemist, John, he was just like, you know, anything that people need or anything that they want, let me know. And if it's something feasible, then, then, you know, then we'll work on putting it out there because, you know, um, it was all USA is a whole new market for them. So, you know, when I was doing this, 
like again, we were both learning at the same time. They were learning and we were learning. I, I didn't know how to run a business and they didn't know how business in the US went. So it was kind of like I would learn something and I would tell them and they would be like, well, why? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. It's just kind of how things are done. <laughs> just how it works. <laughs> so um it was a real it was a real learning experience, but um it was fun doing it too, because like I said, this is something that I didn't really ever have planned for myself running my own business. And I technically, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur, but I'm still, you know, running things here in the U S. So it's, it's a man, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of work. I, 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 everything that Billy says, Billy Boggess, I listen to because it's, it's, it's hard. And, uh, but having those guys in the UK behind me and, and then willing to do the things that the people ask for and put out the products that the people ask for is, is has helped greatly. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and having all that is time management, right? Just being, you know, as we're older versus maybe teenagers and kids where they don't time manage nothing, you know what I mean? And as we're growing up, we don't know what that means. We just go. But as you do get older, you know, it's one of those things where you take a look at that and you take it more serious because it becomes a priority. And, you know, if if you don't dedicate the certain amount of time to get the task done, then you're not going to get it done. And when you're in charge and nobody else is, is telling you to do it other than you and having to get stuff done and push to get it done, that's where it means something. And that's where that time manager is like, okay, I got to put the pleasure of my life away to work on the responsibilities now to get this done and then go back and play. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, the first, man, I would say the first, this, this year was probably the first year that I wasn't all in 24-7. Nice. You know, where I was able to take some time. I mean, my phone was take always a breather. on me. My phone was always on me. I was always able of, around to answer questions, but I, I was able to take more time for, for the family, which is the first four years of building. This is something that I didn't do. You know, I, I, I miss Christmases and I miss Thanksgivings and things like that because I was more into building the brand and getting yeah. that off the ground. <clears throat> you were all in. Now, what was your first official SEMA that you were able to, to, go to SEMA with the brand as a as as the you know U.S. rep that would be 2016 so I, I took over in early August and that SEMA was my first SEMA as as the U.S. rep how'd that feel um, going back into it from from just walking the floor a few years past to now having a booth there you know, what's funny is uh, it was still overwhelming, but it was a different kind of overwhelming because it was a different feeling in my head before I was going as I was just like, wow, this is cool. I'm here. I'm going to learn some things and see some things. And at that time I was like, wow, I'm here and I'm behind the table and I have to talk to people and I have to, I have to shake these hands of people that I've been talking to. And uh, so it was, it was overwhelming, but it was a good kind of over with different, different type of overwhelming altogether. Um, that's the year that I met Joel and Jeff. Okay. Uh, yep. that the year I took over is the year they took over, oddly enough. Um, I think it was the year I met Rennie Doyle, um, and, uh, a couple other people. Um, it was a good year for me. It was, that was meeting those people and talking to those people was helped me set my mind on where I wanted to go with it. I'm sure you enjoyed too. I'm sure the, the feedback for people that were aware of Angel Wax, I'm sure you're getting a lot of really good feedback for that. And I'm sure that was a feel good moment as well, huh? 
I don't know if it was a feel good moment at that point in time. I, I think I was still like, okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, it, it, it literally took me a couple of years to get over that. And sometimes I still kind of get weirded out by it. Yeah. People coming up and, and, you know, saying all the good things and, and all the praises and accolades. And I'm just, I'm still like, I'm just, you know, I'm just Tom. I'm like, I, I'm glad I'm happy. It's working for you. You know, <laughs> the thing that you got to be, you know, realize is that you become a person and an image of that brand, you know what I mean? So that's where you end up having to accept the fact that people, when they hear angel wax and see angel wax, they think Tommy Davis as well. You know what I mean? So it kind of goes hand in hand because of the efforts and the time you put in pushing and hustling and making that brand where it's at. And that's why people respect you and respect the hustle that you put in because of that. Because that takes a lot of any brand, doesn't matter if it's the car industry, doesn't matter what industry it is, but a brand in general, just to be able to get recognition amongst its own uh, industry is a yeah. hard thing to do. It's a, it's a hard survival, right? <laughs> to get yeah, up and- there and, and be in the category with the premium. And I, and you, and you see it every day, new brands coming out and I'm just, you know, and I'm just like, man, I, I, I hope you guys, I hope you guys make it, but I hope you guys understand that it's a, it's a rough ride. I mean, you, there, you can't just put out a product. I mean, you have to really, you have to overindulge really in everything. Yeah, yeah. You really have to be behind. I, I was told quite a few times in the very beginning that I needed to chill out in some of these groups, you know, cause I was like advertising everywhere and pushing hard and pushing hard. And, um, but people were cool about it. And instead of being like, Hey, you're being a dick and you're doing this, you know, like, Hey, you know, maybe just kind of chill out here and, and do this. And, you know, people were more willing to help. Whereas, and it's only a few years later. And now people are just like, yo, everybody needs to chill out. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I see all the time. And I'm just like, you know, let them do their thing. Cause I, I, I went through it too. So. Yeah. And we're in a bubble. We've seen, there's been a lot of momentum with new brands that have come and killed it. Right. Yeah. In short, in short terms, and which is yeah, awesome. Absolutely. But now that that phase of, of that short term success is kind of passed to where it's becoming the norm, you're starting to see new guys or new brands come into the picture to try to duplicate the same process. But it's being recognized more to be like, whoa, pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be here a while. There's already been a line that of people doing that. You're going to have to go to the back of the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now with yours, you said, you know, you had the one distributor with uh, Rohan and now where are you at with distributors? How many distributors do you have across the U.S.? Um, I'm going to be a little bit of a pause here for a second while I think about that. Not to be an exact number, but, you know, just more of a rough idea. Obviously, anything is better than one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I think we're somewhere right around seven. Okay. That's still a damn good number. I mean, because that still covers a good amount of the regions, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it could be more. I got a lot of people that wanted to jump in and, and start reselling the product. But something that I've learned over the years is, uh, you know, I thought that detailers pushing products was the best way to go because detailers pushing products would get other detailers to want to buy the products. And that worked in the beginning. But what I'm finding is detailers selling products. Detailers have to also concentrate on their other businesses too. So they don't have time to focus on selling the product. So now what I'm trying to do is focus on finding salespeople to sell the products as opposed to other detailers, which is why we slowed down on bringing in resellers. Cause I need 
people now that are more focused on pushing products than they are pushing another business. Yeah. And that's a hard, that's a hard call because you can have a great person, great sales, great everything, but he's good at what he does for his business. And he could be good at what he does for your business, but he really needs to focus on his business because he's sometimes could be only a one man band or just have a helper. And that doesn't give him much time left over to push the, the, you know, the angel wax brand to say, so kind of indirectly neglects it, not deliberately, but just, you know, because he doesn't have the time to right? So, and then you get the shops that are big where the owner is a great salesman and has more than enough time and a sales staff to do it, but you don't want to just pick on those bigger shops because then it looks like you're only using the big guys to push your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like a weird catch 22, right? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a weird situation, but, um, but you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to, to filter it out and, and compromise and, and, and whatnot. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes from there. You know, a lot of that will be easier to do once we have one thing that we've been lacking is having a uh, a foot on the ground here in the U.S. as uh, a warehouse type. You know, where we have enough product for the entire country in one spot. You know, like Auto Geek has and and IGL has and some of these other companies. Um, something that we've been working on that we haven't been able to do yet. Um, but I'm proud to say here on this show that by March, we'll have a warehouse open here in the U.S. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that that's huge for us. And I think that that's, that will help catapult us to the next level that we just, because we've kind of been stagnant right here for a little while. And I think that that's what we needed to you know, because we can't get to some of these bigger places that we want to get into because we don't have the product here. And that a lot of people prefer that before they want to jump into something like that. So hopefully, hopefully that changes our. Oh, yeah. Uh, Being able to facilitate inventory and yes. at your own will of, of what you can and can't do on limitations and a force to supply to your existing distributors that that. You don't have to worry about that funnel, you know, and as sh- sure ship as you my, go. I'm sure you've seen my public displays of frustration on shipping over the last few <laughs> years. It's been, it's been, it's been pretty crazy, and, and um, we're hoping that this will alleviate all of that. Yeah, I can only <laughs> imagine. Oh, yeah, just I mean, that's in general, right? The shipping issue is across the world. It's not like it's an ind- it's a it's a you know, itemized situation or just a situation that just dialed in with one person or one sector of an industry. It's like all of us are dealing with it, even ordering yeah. off of Amazon. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. And, and we've been dealing, we've been having shipping issues from, from the get-go coming from there to here. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's been, it's been a, it's been a challenge to say the least. Um, but the last few months we finally kind of got it dialed in a little bit and then this will just help seal it all and, and be done with it for for good very nice <clears throat> so i'm excited now, about that it'll be in florida there you go right in the backyard south yep. florida yes yeah so there's a lot of options down there <laughs> <laughs> um you know with now with you know with getting into product i know the last two years almost uh you guys have been able to release the ceramic coating line that you offer if you don't mind, can you speak on, you know, the, the, the ceramic line that you offer and the, and the value and the benefits and what approach you guys took coming into the market with that? Um, we just wanted something that was going to be 
easy and and reliable. I mean, that's kind of what they were looking for. So, um, and I think part of the reason why he waited so long to do that was because he, you know, uh, John Hogg, our chemist, he's one of those people, he's almost like a perfectionist. You know, he won't release a product unless he feels it's ready to go. Um, and the ceramic coatings were in in testing phases and R&D for about four years um, before they were released. So <clears throat> uh, we, we went with the single layer. Um, there's a five year, there's a two year. And uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's pretty much, you know, wanted to make it strong, wanted to make it easy to apply. Um, so that's pretty much, you know, I don't really, I don't mess around with the ceramic coatings too much, so I can answer questions if they're asked, but it, that's, it's easier for me that way. No, no, um, it's just, there's a lot of popularity and a lot of buzz going around the ceramics right now with angel wax. I mean, obviously you, the platform of, I think where a lot of your uh, fame was built on was the compounds and polishes. I mean, they, they were home runs, right? Right out the park before demand was crazy for them. Yeah, you know, those ended up being our bread and butter for, for a very long time. Um, and they're still they're still our 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 top sellers to this day. Um so I would, yeah, those 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 were uh those were good products. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> but no, with and with leading, obviously, you know, a good good polishing correction, all that leads into the the last standing product to say, you know, whether it be a wax or a sealant or ceramic coating, but you know, obviously the, the, the industry is driven by uh, some kind of coating protection at this point, this day and age. Right. Um, yeah. So that's where I ask on that because you guys, you know, coming into the market, as you mentioned, you know, it seems to be a little late, but I feel like with you guys and your brand recognition maybe a little late on a timeline, but it, I think it feels also the sweet spot to be able to pick up and add the value to that category with the angel wax name. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to grow up more the ceramic coatings, but you know, we're trying to stick with the protecting everybody's areas and not putting installers everywhere and overcrowding all of these areas and, and whatnot. So, you know, there's, there's actually a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a waiting list, but there's people that want to be added to a list. So if there's an opening in their area that comes around, so that that's kind of cool. And that kind of, speaks to the quality of the product that people are willing to wait for it um you know to, to get access to it so you you guys you you're going to basically take over uh more of a territory approach with being able to have installers in certain areas without overlapping them to say yeah that's 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 the route that we went i gave everybody about 50 miles nice uh, where where we won't put anybody and uh, but I also left it open. So um, I give them the option. So if someone in their area wants it, then I'll come to them first and ask them. Cause what I'm finding is a lot of these guys are okay with it. Um, as long as we're coming to them first, you know, we're just not like putting people there and just yeah, without, without any warning or anything, you go in and you ask them and you're more, more, more than likely they'll be like, yeah, that, that's okay. As long as they're not like right next door, you know, if they're 10, 12, 20 miles down the road, then, it's, it's a little bit easier to work with. Um, all the guys want is a little bit of security and know that they were back there, you know, we got their back pretty much. So 
it, it, it's been, it's been working out. Everybody's happy. Now I like that approach. I think that that exclusive type approach and, and really monitoring and managing territories and, and within a certain mileage mm-hmm. is a great approach because it definitely makes the detailer stand out, especially now with everybody, everybody, every shop, every car wash offering some level of ceramic, right? Some, some level of ceramic protection and being able to go to the, you know, the one installer that carries this specific brand that has these great benefits versus this guy and, and the four other guys within a couple block radius carrying all the same stuff and their prices yeah. being all over the place. It's, it just gives you a little bit more value, I feel like. And, you know, one of the coding brands I work with, they're good with that G-Technic. They've been good mm-hmm. with exclusivity. But there's a couple out there that, that started that way. But unfortunately, they didn't follow through with their original plan. And it, it, it really disrupted the market and upset a lot of installers and detailers. And now everybody and their mom get a hold of the product, which is fine too, because it helped, right, with more uh, consumer marketing to say, consumer yeah. awareness, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even though it was kind of a negative, it played out as a positive. So it kind of worked its way out. <laughs> but still, it's nice to see that there's still some brands that hold the integrity of that territory aspect. Yeah, there, there's a fine line, you know, because a brand wants to grow and they want to sell more coatings. And the way to do that is to bring in more installers. But at the same time, you bring in more installers and you start flooding markets and then you start pissing off your other installers. So you kind of got to find that you got to find that happy medium. And, and I found that just asking them makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. It makes yeah. a huge difference. You just ask them and more than likely they'll be like, yeah, like, I, you know, that's OK one or two, I guess I can deal with is I'm, I appreciate you asking me. It's all it takes. Communication, right? It's like, it's like a, it's like a marriage. Communication is key. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all learn that one the hard way. don't we? <laughs> <laughs> So as far as um, plans for going into 2022 now, um, of course, this like you had mentioned about mobile tech, this is going to be the first time angel wax is setting up at mobile tech. Yes. Yeah. You looking forward to that? I am looking forward to it uh, a lot. And uh, we're already planning, you know, if, if the turnout is good, um, then we're going to put more efforts into future mobile techs, you know, doing bigger and better things and and uh, kind of like we do, you know, with SEMA. But, um, but these are the only two shows that we're going to concentrate on. Uh, we're not concentrating on any other shows this year. Um, Are you going to be doing the Southern Detailers Conference by any chance? We will not be there this year. Okay. Okay. I know that that's going to be a a fluctuation in vendors just because of it being a new show, new event kind of thing. So based on how the growth of that is going to be based on, of course, how many people will decide to continue to do it or step out and then step back in kind of scenario. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the what the future holds for for that one. But right now, we figure we just put all our efforts on these two shows and yeah, and, uh, and grow those from stick. There. Those yeah. those aren't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, because what I'd like to do is if if Mobile Tech Florida does well, I'd like to just kind of stick my foot in the door of the Mobile Tech here in Vegas and see, you know, see what's there. See if there's a potential there. Yeah. I know that there's still growing momentum and it didn't help that, you know, this whole pandemic scenario happened. Yeah. Kind of put a monkey wrench in everything. Yeah. Big time. Well, I'm excited too. I mean, the the place that they have it at the Rosen 
here in Orlando, it's huge. So they're able to facilitate a lot of people. There's a lot of space there. They're like a huge, huge convention resort style kind of layout. Yeah, I saw, so, I, saw the, I saw the map of all the vendors and stuff. And I noticed that I saw the map last year, too. And I noticed that this year there's actually quite a few more detail oriented vendors yeah. there. Yeah. 2020, I want to say we reached that <clears throat> that 50-50 mark. And I say 50-50 mark of like because it used to be dominantly PDR. Right. And and um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Were any kind of. uh Oh, gosh, oh, damn it. I'm, I'm at a loss of words, but it's the one where they go in. Uh, oh, I can't think of it. Basically, anything automotive where you have a repair, uh, cosmetic repair, leather repair, things like that. Um, I can't remember the word off the top of my head. I don't know why, but um, but yeah, so there was usually that. And it was a huge dominance of PDR big time. But now I think we're at a 50-50 mark, if not growing to be greater, especially with that being the the, the focus point for IDA too, and, and the presence yeah. of the IDA and the education that goes along with Thursday before the show. So it should be a good show overall. And especially for yourself, because you do have a good Florida presence as well. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, yeah, we, our plan was to come in pretty strong too. We've got a, a, a bunch of people coming in. Plus, you know, we got a pretty strong Florida presence already. So um, it should be a good show for us. Good deal. Awesome. Well, we are coming up on time, Tommy, so we're going to go ahead and cut it. However, a couple different things. One, what would be a good way that people could reach you? So a couple plugs for yourself and for finding product and so plugs for Angel Wax as well. Um, man, we've got several different distributors I can plug, but um, my, my suggestion is if anybody has any questions, you can just call me direct is the best way to, to, to get a hold of me. Call me or text me. Uh, my number is 702-202-8911. If I don't answer, please leave a message. <laughs> that's all I ask. Please leave a message. If you don't leave a message, I'm not going to call you back. That's just, that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, or you can, or you can text message me or you can reach me on Facebook, Tommy Ramos Davis. Um, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, and I will direct you to any distributor that you want, um, or I will get you the products that you need. There you have it. Okay. And then as far as last words of advice, whether it be for somebody in your situation that finds themselves being a distributor or a rep or just a detailer in general, what would you have some uh, good, good words of advice for them? Stay the course. Don't give up, man. I, I, I am, I am living proof that, that anybody can, can succeed. I, 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 I say that to people all the time. Just don't give up. Nice. That, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's all I can say. Don't, no, don't give up. Your story proves it, right? You know, you're, you're, you live by the story of that success, you know, going from basically the, the worker type scenario to running something yeah. and being your own boss. What most people dream for and can't figure out how to get there. So. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Well, Tommy, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being, of course, episode number 60 for our Reflection Artist Live. On behalf of Buff and Shine and everybody else at Buff and Shine, we thank you. And everybody who's had the opportunity to, to watch or listen or even listen at a later date, we appreciate you taking the time for that as well. So I will look forward to seeing you at Mobile Tech here in two right. weeks. Yep. And uh, aside from that, you take care and we'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. All right, Justin. Thank you very much. All right, Tommy, take care, man. Have a great day.
All right, you too. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.